Do you know someone who is facing or has gone through a significant financial life event? Often these events can be very unexpected, such as the sudden death of a spouse or an unexpected divorce, or maybe even a lottery win. The one thing that is certain about life is its unpredictability. My guest here today is Joelle Hines, and she's going to talk with us about how people can prepare for some of the unexpected events in life. Joelle is a certified financial planner, and she's also a certified divorce financial analyst. She works with people who are considering divorce or in the middle of divorce, and oftentimes she will work as a financial neutral in a collaborative divorce. Joelle's here today to talk with us about her own life experiences when things turned upside down for her and how she overcame those and how she is committed to helping others every day of overcome those types of events. Joelle, I just want to first say thank you for coming and being here today, and thank I'm really you. excited to talk with you. I am too, Jennifer. Um, all right, you haven't always been a financial planner, yeah. and I want to just start off by asking asking you how did you how did you enter into this role so i am an engineer by training and i truly fell into the role i was working on a project a technology implementation project for a wirehouse and that gave me an opportunity to interact with financial professionals when i was going through my own life event of a divorce i had to make a decision of working in a different environment that wouldn't have travel involved and so transitioning to the financial side just seemed opportunistic at that time <laughs> that's what i did uh, so i did not always start with uh, the desire for financial uh, financial profession but that's where I am now. So I want to I want to go back and just talk a little bit because you mentioned your own divorce. And so how has that inspired you in the work that you're doing as a financial planner these days? That is my motivation. I had experiences that I felt were avoidable that I want to now help others avoid. And so the work I do now is truly from that experience. Did you have a financial planner that you were working with in your divorce? I did not. And that is someone who I wish I had had interaction. I, I feel that if you are uh, an educated person, people make assumptions that you know things and you really may not. And also, I've never been through a divorce before, so it's a new experience. If someone had told me and my, my financial, excuse me, my um, legal advocate, if they had expressed the desire to encourage me to interact with a financial professional, it would have been such a big difference. One, for financial education, just understanding what assets are in the classification. And with regard to property division and ownership, if I had known certain things, I would have made different decisions mm -hmm. or been a better advocate for myself. So a financial professional and interacting with one in my process would have been so valuable. You know, I think for some people, you know, you're talking about kind of not knowing and it can be really intimidating. And I think I, what I see is that people sort of enter the divorce process almost feeling a lot of shame around the fact that they don't know what they don't know. Mm -hmm. And so how how does it work if somebody wants to connect with a financial you know, professional in the early stages? Is there maybe thinking about, you know, what would divorce look like? How am I going to survive this? Um, you know, what does it look like when they engage the service, your services? So I often interact with potential clients through lawyers like you um, who recognize that they have a client who needs some financial education so that when they get to a point in that process, they are empowered. And that to me is a big thing is, is empowering, especially women. 
Um, I have had people just reach out to me from social media, my exposure, recognizing what I do, helping them through just understanding if they split households, what may it look like. I mean, that the financial part of a divorce is a big concern for many people. If I get divorced, can I afford to live? Can I afford my kids? Can I afford to stay in this home? And having someone like me help them through that analysis gives them a sense of comfort, relieves some anxiety, so that when they're interacting with their lawyer, they can come in at least saying what they'd like to see. Um, I think often people go into the process saying, okay, you tell me, you lawyer, tell me, what is this going to look like? <laughs> And that puts you in a different position, in a different seat, and a different yeah. hat wearing. Uh, and so with a financial professional like myself, if you engage me beforehand, or again, through the process, I can help you look and see, okay, this is what you're working with, and these are options that might be considered for division. Does that work for you? Can you prepare for that? Do you feel like you want to save a little more in anticipation of something? I love when I get a chance to do that with someone. I, um, you know, the times where I've had clients who've taken advantage of working with a financial professional, it is it, so great because they can sort of forecast for them. Okay, you know what? If this is you leave the marriage with this, and that's all, we can expect it to, you know, your life to look look X, Y, and Z because yes. you have great forecasting tools. Yes, that yes. lawyers don't have. We yes. don't. We don't. We're not. We don't run those yes. models. And, you know, look at what happens if you get a part-time job and you're adding this little bit of income. Like, what a huge difference that can make in the overall trajectory exactly. of somebody's, you know, financial well-being. And, and I've, had, I've experienced it. So when I'm talking to someone, it's not abstract. I am truly conveying some of my personal experiences. When mine went through my divorce, I had a year of no income. My now ex-husband left the household and refused to provide financial support. So that was a big deal, trying to figure out how to pay bills every month. Um, you cannot pay a mortgage with a credit card. Just wanted to let everyone know. <laughs> you can't pay a mortgage with a credit card. You can do a lot of other things, but not a mortgage. <laughs> and that, that, that cash flow management was stark and helped me make decisions for myself post-divorce that has made my life a lot easier. But again, if I hadn't gone through certain things, I don't think I would have known. I would have gone and finish the divorce, not prepared for the cash flow management requirements that I now deal with. Exactly, mm -hmm. and so you really, it really was an opportunity, and I love <laughs> that you, you, there was this incredible challenge that you were presented with, oh boy. and you know, sometimes the tendency is to just crater under that, but I, I firmly believe in the midst of every single challenge is an opportunity. It's hard to see that when you're in the middle of it, <laughs> it's hard to see it. but yeah. yes, it is very true, very yeah. true. Yeah. And it may not be an opportunity you ever dreamed of ever wanting, but here it is. And yes. you make the most of it and, yes. and you learn and you grow and then you get to help other people. Yes. How do, how do people pay for that? So when I'm doing a divorce um, analysis and financial ed education, they can do an engagement by the hour. Um, I do have a lot of post-divorce clients who just want cash flow assistance for, and I do it for a year. So I'm not someone who gives a financial plan and says, good luck. I am someone who says a year gives us an indication of the ups and the downs and we can make a better strategy. So I do not believe that budgets are static. You can, and they're not consistent. Um, they're not. That's true. <laughs> Especially if you have children, that makes it even much more difficult. Uh, and so I do an engagement, a year-long engagement, which is cash flow management and support. Okay. And that is, so you're just charging like on an hourly basis? For, for that, that I do an engagement fee. And okay. that covers every month check-in and doing the budget, the budget 
uh, baseline in the beginning. And then we just tweak as we go for the year. Because my goal is after the year is done, you say, peace, Joel. I'm good. I can yeah. do this on my own. And hopefully at that time, too, you can start looking at the investment side. Because often that first year, you're just trying to make sure that you're breathing. And so investments and preparing for long-term needs, replacement of income. I never say retirement for women. We never retire. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> but we want choices of where we spend our time and how we receive compensation for that time. And so if you want, as a future, to do only volunteer work, you still need income income. So how will we start saving towards the replacement of income? So one of the things that does come up quite often is that there's generally, you know, one spouse who's been responsible for the financial wherewithal for the family mm -hmm. and another spouse has sort of taken a back seat. We see that happen quite a lot. And more often than not, it is the women who have sort of, you know, let go of the reins and just they let their man handle it all. Um, and of course, then it's challenging when you come in to a divorce and you just have no idea where to begin. Where should somebody begin? If they've not had, you know, they have no idea about what they're spending, they have no idea what things cost, where's a good beginning place? So the, a good beginning place is just start tracking what you are doing tracking your groceries, if you can get access to statements, understanding, just pulling those statements. You may not understand, like in an investment account, what you own, but you can see that you own something. Mm -hmm. But starting to track what you're spending now and what you, identifying your needs and the wants, the discretionary and indiscretionary items. Because having you know, going somewhere every week or doing something uh, for entertainment all the time. Starbucks. Exactly. <laughs> Guilty I mean, as charged. Exactly. So just tracking it. And, and post-divorce, that might not have to change, but at least you're aware. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of spending on just not consciously. I mean... I told myself I would never need Amazon Prime and I use it. <laughs> so, I, so just, I absolutely get it. Yeah. So my son says, I have two books for of required reading for school. You know, mom, will you go get it for me? And I go, no, I've given you access to the Amazon account. You order it. I don't have to walk into a store. So little things like that where we have, we, we spend unconsciously and yeah. we can get a better understanding of where our money is going. It'll make the person feel much more in control of what they have control over. Exactly. And I, mm -hmm. I mean, I know there are just all of these little subscription things that, you know, through apps on your phone or various yeah. things you sign up for, you may not even realize you're paying. So yes. that's always, I mean, yes. just awareness is such an important part of becoming a really, of taking control, I think, of taking control. Exactly. I mean, we auto pay so many things. So looking at your utility bills, truly understanding what you are utilizing, your mortgage payments, where are you, how much do you have in, um, uh, you know, how much you're paying for your mortgage, how much left, how many much time do you have left on it? Just these things that you're most likely having happen automatically, paying attention so that you can start plotting out what the needs are going to be post-divorce. Exactly. I want to shift a little bit and talk about your role when you're working in a collaborative divorce case. And um, you and I are both fans and committed to helping families in the collaborative divorce process. So tell us a little bit, what is the role of the neutral financial professional in the collaborative divorce? And how have you seen that process really benefit families? 
So I love the collaborative divorce process and did not know anything about it until I had already gone through my divorce and by chance encountered you and the rest of our wonderful collaborative professionals. Um, but I can say that the, the process is so beneficial to families, especially families who have children, because there's such an emphasis on figuring out how to move forward beyond the divorce in a collaborative, cooperative way. And my role as a financial neutral is to work with both parties to figure out what does the marital estate look like on the financial side and how and the options for dividing it. And part of that often is one person needing financial education. And what I love about the collaborative divorce is that the other party doesn't put a roadblock. They encourage the interaction between me and the non-fiscally responsible, knowledgeable person to, right. to, get, to get up to par because they understand that their education helps with the ongoing conversation. Um, and you don't see that. Most of the times, especially if it's in litigation, they're thinking the less that person knows, the better for me. Right. And I like that in this case, it's a team uh, team approach to getting to marriage dissolution in the best way that you possibly can. Exactly. I mean, I think people don't understand. I, I, I know, especially there's, I think, a, a kind of a tenor right now in the divorce world where, you know, let's hide the assets and let's just try and, you know, make sure that they get as little as possible or, you know, screw the other side or what, whatever that conversation is. And, you know, I always kind of want to zoom back to the bigger picture. First of all, you're going to get the information. It's just a question of how much do you want to spend fighting about how we're going to get the information, yes. right? Like the information is going to be made accessible yes. to everybody. And, and second, you know, this is, somebody with whom you likely are going to need to have an ongoing relationship post-divorce, especially if you have children together. Yes. And, you know, do you really want the the story to be that, you know, you screwed dad out of, you know, his share of the estate or mom or, or whatever? Right. And, um, you know, I think when we can take a look at it as opposed to this very adversarial process and really look at it as it's a problem to be solved, you know? Exactly. And we need all the professionals. And and one of the things I love about having the, the financial professionals is you all just bring to the table, um, you know, a different different set of eyes, more creative options for yes. how things can get divided. Exactly. I mean, again, my role to, to define the marital estate and help them work through options for division, identifying assets that are sole property, and 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 interestingly, watching people change their attitude towards certain assets and certain things, um, because you get to discuss it. Right. It is not me with my lawyer in one room trying to come up with something, and the other person in the other room, and maybe the two of those things yeah. meet at certain points. Yeah. Um, it's it's been good. Good. And I, I just, I think it's such such a valuable, a valuable resource that people need to know about. I, I agree. You know, one of my, one of my goals is to bring the knowledge of the collaborative divorce process to other demographics. I think that's one of the challenges we have with our collaborative divorce um, community is making sure that people understand beyond certain groups that this is an option. Um, and I think also... It's also addressing the myths and things that are unknown about collaborative divorce with regard to cost. It can be a cost-effective process, especially when you look at all the pieces that are brought into play. And the cost versus the benefit of a family, a family process post-divorce.
people I think are so caught up in the divorce process in the midst of it that they don't think about what happens afterward and how to have some structure in place to manage communication and uh, crisis or um, issue re resolution. This helps you do that. I love that because, um, you know, in in litigation, you're paying lawyers a whole lot of money to fight over stuff that, um, I mean, sometimes the fights need to be had, they do, but oftentimes they don't. Okay. And in collaborative, the, the lawyers actually are getting a lot less money out of the process. Um, but the benefits for the clients are so much better, and and it is a long-standing process. It's you know you really you really learn how do we address issues and, and find resolution. Yes, exactly. And you need to practice it. <laughs> exactly. I know for for me personally, when I think of the journey that I went through with my divorce and then post-divorce, the it continues on. Yeah. And with collaborative divorce, I often see that. They now have the resources, the parties now have the resources and the skill set to take on managing certain things on their own. And, and that to me is where we benefit. Um, the fact that I have to continue engaging lawyers seven, six years mm. post-filing is annoying. <laughs> to say so, exactly. It's very annoying and it's costly. And when I think about how much is required of me and my energy, I would have loved to have been a, been candidates for a collaborative divorce and known about it because yeah. I didn't even know it existed. Yeah, and, and so I think you know if you if you are looking for divorce lawyers and you're considering divorce, I think one of the things to look for is does this attorney uh, know and subscribe to the collaborative divorce process? Not that it's right in every case, but it's at least a conversation to have. Mm -hmm. And when you have an attorney who is trained in collaborative divorce, you're you're getting a professional who is trained in creative problem solving and who's trained in thinking outside the box and who's trained in really helping you find the very best solution. Yes. I think it's so, so important. I love your message of empowerment, of really educating people and making sure that they're the decision makers in this. Yes. And I, I always say you can have a divorce that's consistent with your values. You do not have to turn into an angry, resentful. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But again, just understanding and feeling confident um, in the steps you're taking is is where the value lies. Exactly. That's that's exactly right. Mm -hmm. um, it's not just rolling over and you know because you're afraid of the fight. It's not just being nice because you're trying to appease or placate. That is not where empowerment is. Yeah. It is. It comes from really knowing this is the right situation for me. And I love the work that you're doing, Joelle. Um, I, I just want to, as we kind of wrap up our time today, I just want to ask you to share a message of hope with somebody who's okay. maybe facing a really scary, sudden financial crisis that they weren't ready for. Okay. And so you touched on the fact that it's not only divorce. I work with clients through any life event that there's a financial component, and includes a financial component. Most life events include a financial component, whether it is someone who passes away or is an impending death. Just making sure that things are in order, um, and then we have the divorce, and it's just having children, going off to college. There are all these life events that occur for us where there's a financial component, and seeking guidance is a good thing. So I tell people, you know, you know how to exercise. Most people say, okay, I, I know I need to want to exercise. Many don't know where to start, and the start for most people is finding a trainer. 
And so I liken myself to a fiscal trainer. I'm a finance <laughs> I love trainer. That. Not a fitness trainer, <laughs> but a finance trainer. Because you know what needs to be done. You just need someone to hold your hand along and walk alongside you. Not telling you what to do, but giving you things to consider. And that is where I want to bring hope. I want to continue to empower and encourage because the things that I've learned and continue to learn within the financial industry is of use and help to others. Um, and so that, that to me is where I bring the hope and I would like to see people engage for their own hope. I love that. And as you can tell, Joelle is a very motivating and inspirational person. And I <laughs> would encourage you to connect with her um, on social media, check out her website. We will include a link to all of those uh, ways that you can get in touch with her. Thank you so much, Joelle. Thank you, Jennifer. And we want to thank you for tuning in today. Obviously, we would love it if you would subscribe to our channel, share it. If you have, if you know somebody who's going through a financial event, please share this. Um, and and encourage them to reach out uh, to Joelle or, or some other financial planner. But, we, you know, people, there's so much help available and we just want to make sure that people have access to the resources they need. Thank you. Thank you.